friends, to a spooky special of the tour Scottish Football Ramble. What you heard there was a party. A few spooky results swept Scotland at the weekend. Dunbar beat his fife, and you better believe those Dunbar boys were feeling it. Oh yeah. Tonight, I am joined by Aaron the Bald Baron Crow. Hello. And Damnold Turville. Alright. Just, just realised it's actually not going to be Halloween by the time people listen to this, but there you go. Well, that's a bit of a sick joke in itself. Gather round the campfire, children, and listen to our Scottish football tales. Stephen McLean was executed at the weekend. Bye-bye to the St. Johnston legend. Darvel's finances. Oh, now that's a scary sight. And the Green Brigade. They were banned. We'll find out why. Take a ride on the ghost train, children. Gotcha. <laughs> Not speaking in that fucking stupid voice for the whole podcast. Obviously, Halloween, the worst holiday, mm, maybe of a, of the whole year. Is it a holiday? Oh, All Hallows Eve. I hope she is listening. She can hear my truth on the matter. <laughs> <laughs> Dressing up as David Bowie and bloody Zelda Link and all the rest of it over the past years. I do love it. I love the dressing up. Don't get me wrong, but silly holiday, American commercialized crap. Aye. That's what I say. Aaron, you were Homer Simpson. You were Homer Simpson at the weekend. Oh, was I? I didn't mind sporting Homer Simpson, but we lasted what two minutes in the club. <laughs> Horrendous yeah. experience. I I don't know. It just it just seems a bit. It's just a bit like fake or something, or it just seems a bit. I don't know. Americanized and all. And I mean, all I think that. it's quite a fun time to just dress up and go a bit rogue. Yeah. But ugh, at the same time, I don't know. When you were younger, it was good crack, and true. you get a certain that is age. True. Yeah, yeah. You get to a certain age, you become a cynical old bastard, and you just uh, can't really. Uh, can't really be arsed with it anymore. Well, next year I'll definitely be dressing up as Napoleon or bloody, I don't know, some, something. Anyway. I'll be the uh, chilly Homer next uh, year. A zombie Aaron Congleton. <laughs> <laughs> I will go as any of the Dunbar players after they secured my nap of the week. Cha-ching! We need to get the car. Ah, uh, we do need... Like a... <laughs> whenever, whenever a nap comes in because that was pure uh, passion and heart that I locked that one up on. And tell you what, what a performance. We'll get to it, obviously, in a wee bit. Um, but nap of the season so far, I'm proclaiming it. I'm taking it. Hands Has down. to be. Has to be. Great stuff. So today on our news bulletin, um, it's been a big week, actually, of news in Scottish football. Maybe the biggest week so far of the season, It's Aaron? up there with a Duncan Ferguson week. Yeah, yeah, it is up there with Duncan Ferguson week. Um, maybe, maybe even slightly bigger as St. Johnston uh, parted ways. The first top flight club 
to axe a manager this season. Stephen McLean and Liam Craig, two St. Johnston legends, sadly had to go after what has been a terrible start to the season. Much expected, obviously. Everyone had St. Johnston pegged to go down at the start of the year and they've not really done much to alleviate mm. any of the Perth faithful's uh, fears about going down, uh, Aaron. Change needed to happen. And I think it's glad that it's happened sooner rather than later. Definitely if you're a, a Perth boy. Mm -hmm. It's just a question of who do they bring in now? You know, it's, it is a weird one because... I know, I know that, like you say, change needed to happen. <sighs> Their performances have haven't been that bad. They've not been that bad. They've actually played with a lot of heart, and I know heart doesn't necessarily win you games alone. But it's when you're when you're down there, it is the main thing you really need. Like this could get really nasty, really fucking ugly, really fast if it's a bad appointment or if the new manager isn't. Um, up to scratch or doesn't know how to motivate those St. Johnston players it could get really really bad so quickly I think as a gamble they needed to take though because if they kept going down the McLean route they were only going to be going in this motion one direction yeah they were going down They're whereas going, yeah. if they bring someone in yeah it could be one of those seasons where it's like a, a Gretna season where they just get barely even over 10 points yeah. or something like that or they could get someone in that's got a bit more charisma that can get them a bit more f fired up and be able to actually score some goals yeah. like, and someone that could maybe sign someone well in, in the uh, transfer window um, what is it it's um, Max Kucharevi and Dara Costello mm. definitely pronouncing that last name wrong are the only two players that have scored for St. Johnston this season. St. Johnston, I always think <clears throat> St. Mirren scored more goals in that game against them than St. Johnston all, all season. season. Yeah. Oh my God. Crushing statistics. There are so many brutal stats out there about the Saints. Uh, whoever does take over has an absolutely mammoth task on yeah. their hands. Uh, like miraculous levels of, of managerial ability needed to, to keep this St. Johnston team up. Um, Aaron, who has miracles in their back pocket, do you think? Because when you look at the guys who are in the running for the job, none of them really um, seem to seem to have that sort of sauce that can maybe keep you alive in a situation like I think, this. I think Martindale could be a guy that would be able to do that. And uh, you can see that with Livingston through his whole tenure in the top flight. He's managed to galvanise players that are pretty weak, to be fair, and made them look decent yeah. and held their own and, and got the best out of them. And if, I don't know why on paper he would go. Maybe there's more money for him there, but it's a very weird one if he does go. Yeah. And it's weird to see him at the top of the pecking order for the job. But He's evens, yeah. almost, which means that either a lot of people are putting money on him or somebody at Bet365 knows something, mm. which often they do. He's the clear favourite. Everyone else after that is 8-1. to one. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it would be silly for Neil, uh, for Martindale to go. Uh, he's built such an amazing... He's, he's like... His whole project, his whole life's work is basically Livingston. He was mm. coach. He was assistant coach. Uh, eventually became the manager and is probably one of the best managers in the club's history given what he's managed to achieve with them on an absolute shoestring budget, which is what you do need at St. Johnston, I guess. Um, although, I've seen a lot of St. Johnston fans saying that's a very uninspiring appointment. I don't know. I think they may be, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Uh, you're going to get who you're going to get. Who else are they going to get? And then the other names that you've seen, I, I, like that Jody Morris boy. No um, experience. No, he, he, I think that would go down like a lead balloon. No chance. You um, cannot have a manager with no experience. No, there's no chance. He got sacked after 18 games of Swindon. 
Look, slugs. <laughs> and then you've got Nielsen. I don't know from a St. Johnson perspective what they would view bringing Nielsen in. Obviously, being a Hibs fan, I'm more like, oh, that would not inspire me in the slightest. But I've got slightly more bias towards my club appointing Nielsen. So yeah. I don't know from a St. Johnson sort of perspective if they would enjoy that appointment. Um, probably not. Probably not. The big Sam of Scottish football. <laughs> Tommy Wright. Tommy Wright. Bring him back would that for another spell. For uh, I... That's that's one shout I could really get on board with. Um, I don't know what the St. Johnston fans would feel about that, and it is maybe like you've kind of you've let him go a few years ago to try and elevate yourselves, and now you're back here, and now you maybe need that wise old head like that. There's a man who knows that club so well, the most successful manager in their history, obviously. I think St. Johnston fans would surely love to see him coming back yeah, and trying yeah, to perform yeah. one one final miracle. Yeah. What you got in the hat, Tommy? <laughs> what yeah. you got in the hat, Tommy? He was your son, Tommy. <laughs> I think Tommy Wright probably actually thinking about it in this moment would be a good signing. Keep them up for a year, do your last bit of business with the club and then move on again and let yeah. them appoint Jody Morris and get sacked. The I would next love season. to see it. Um, maybe Martindale will be bringing his brand of Italian Scott football to St. Johnston, his <laughs> Catenaccio style. Um, I mean, it would be quite remarkable. I still can't see it happening, personally, but the bookies must, you know, the bookies uh, do what the bookies do, and if Martindale's wearing blue um, in a few weeks' time, then it won't be the blue he maybe has always wanted to wear his whole career. <laughs> um, it'll be the Perthshire sort of sky blue instead. Um, so, yes, very interesting times at St. Johnston. At least they're giving it a go to stay up, I suppose. Yep. Um, two legends, obviously, depart. Two absolute club legends in McLean and Liam Craig, uh, part of the most successful St. Johnston team of all time. Uh, another team that wears the blue, mm. not the blue that St. Johnston wear, and not the blue that our friends the Rangers wear. Mm. But another club from that part of the world, Darville, the gold, blue, and white of Darville. Ooh, all that glitters ain't gold, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. because they are in something I would call Shorpoo Avenue <laughs> right now with their finances. They released a <laughs> statement um, saying how they had... Um, because they had been knocked out of the Scottish Cup was one of the reasons why they haven't um, why they haven't managed to sort of hit their target financially this season. So they're going to have to have a lot of cutbacks, and they're actually in a bit of uh, financial trouble. That is absolutely astonishing, considering how much we big up all the wealth that these clubs have managed to accumulate and stuff. It's it's absolutely mad that they're in this position. Like, yeah. How? I know. How have I, they done that? They've just completely and utterly outspended their, their means. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, It's yeah. just bonkers So you were saying that. before the show, Aaron, you had spoken with... I spoke to some guy with my uh, with my job, if I've not mentioned that before, and he was telling <laughs> me that he reckons, he spoke to someone that reckons it's been in the realms of 280k they've spent. They've spent 280 Something grand. At that level of football as well. You're looking at the sixth tier... And obviously they had Mick Kennedy involved, who was getting some sugar daddy was the quote the the guy was using to me uh, to pump in lots and lots of money. Bellend. And it's just all gone a bit tits, to be fair. And that I think that big statement they've put out was just a way of trying to mask the complete mismanagement and you know the complete and utter miss of getting up. Yeah. Because yeah, in yeah. their their eyes they were you know locked on to be going up last year, and then they just sort of faded out it's of so, it. So it's so like it's a real lesson actually for all the clubs that are down at that end. Um, not down at that end in terms of like they're not bottom or they're not struggling I don't particularly no no not at all they're mid table west of Scotland this season but as in that region of like non-league Scottish football the teams that have a bit of money and the teams that are trying to be successful it should be a lesson to them 
like wait until you get bloody promoted first lads yeah, and yeah. don't spend money that you assume you're going to have because like that it's complacent and it's greedy it's and it's stupid. totally selfish because they have really uh like bottled a, what was an amazing position they were in after beating obviously aberdeen last season in the cup and getting uh consistent sellouts at darvel's ground you yeah. know they were they're they're now famous across scotland for that upset yeah and everyone knows them as this swashbuckling uh, attacking sort of team from non-league football that is destined to be in league two in a season or two or three um but not if you're managed from the top like that like that's i feel like it's gone to their heads maybe a wee bit and they've They've basically just reached way too far and they're now deservedly being taught a lesson for it. Mm. Um, not raging at all about the Darvel defeat still, as you can tell. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's gross uh, mismanagement. That ah, and now it's time for them to just try and consolidate and try and stay in the, the West of Scotland Premier League and then look to rebuild. But it must be extremely difficult to yeah. be at such high place but not actually be there. Yeah. Like in their heads, they're thinking we're going to be in the Lone League next year. They're not there. They've not made it. Exactly. And now they're still in the exact same exactly. position but just so much further off. Yeah. Have sold their best player to Gartcairn. Uh, Ian McShane, they've had to sell him on. Right, yeah, the there club you go. captain, and that, that's already the beginnings of it. They lost at the weekend. Absolute baller, Ian McShane, it's as well. Just, uh, and they've had to let him go because of because of these reasons. Yeah. You know, if they had just been more sensible, keep on a hold of him for another year, and you're more than likely going into the Lowland League and looking at the top end of that. Next. Yeah. One thing we do need to do, Aaron, actually, is go to a West of Scotland game because that league is just full of quality it's really. one of the best leagues in scotland yeah, to be yeah, fair yeah. to it like in terms of the quality in terms of the money that's there in terms of the fan bases as yeah. well that are well, there that's, that's why i'm getting kind of angry about it is because i feel like angry is a bit far <laughs> but <laughs> why i'm why i'm uh sort of impassioned about this is because it is it's an absolute disservice to the people of darville uh, and the people of ayrshire who support these teams so passionately from all the villages around like they really um like you said they do have some of the best fan bases in the yeah. country these these sort of um west of scotland premiership uh, teams so yes um darvel slap on the wrist hopefully um you'll learn from the mistake bounce back and be firing on all cylinders in no time again soon um one final item to get to on the news today aaron uh, the green just today actually quite mad this uh the green brigade celtic's famous ultras sort of singing section group um they were banned from celtic park uh today and they've been banned from away games too uh now the club uh, celtic released a whole list of reasons as lying as my arm <laughs> uh illustrating why they had been banned um because they'd been unruly at fur park and because they'd been unruly at lazio at home they'd set off pyrotechnics in firenord everything except the flags yeah. oh the palestine flags which came out uh against atletico when they had been told to not um display any kind of political signs relating to the conflict over there um yet they the whole stadium basically had palestine flags in their hands um that was somehow left off of the list which seems a little bit suspicious that it comes in the wake of that yet now they're retrospectively taking action for all these things that have happened months and months ago yeah uh, it's very obvious to me that they're not telling you the full picture and i think they've been banned for the palestine gesture obviously yeah. and i think obviously if they hadn't have done that then it'd still be 
been able to go to games simple yeah. as like and it's it's a shame because the Green Brigade obviously brings so much to Celtic's fan base and they are such a large part of it but at the same time like, you're so going to go against the club like, yeah. if you're going to think that you're bigger than the whole club and go against what they're saying then you should rightfully be punished for that but it is stupid like, like it is why, so why do you have to get your nose in with the politics constantly if you ask well? constantly 90% of the Green Brigade wouldn't be able to point to Palestine on a map no like they genuinely wouldn't they just got to, given their they flag, wouldn't be able to spell Palestine it. yeah like honestly mate it's outrageous that they feel like they have some kind of knowledge or some kind of um, point or a side to take in this insanely complex uh, thing which is this conflict which has been going on for like generations at this point now mm. and it's one of the most confusing and tangled up political uh, issues that the world has um so you're telling me that um bloody mickey for easter <laughs> knows what's going on so he's gonna wave his wee palestine flag in solidarity <laughs> like fuck off it doesn't make any sense to me it's so stupid um but the the question that i'm, I'm thinking is like um politics sports football do they have does it does it mix should it mix um, obviously it's a good place to maybe display things that are, have powerful messages for example the Shakiri Albanian eagle at the, the mm, Euros yeah. is one of my favourite celebrations of all time I just love that so much um, but that's like a little gesture you know yeah, the whole yeah. stadium waving Palestine flags when they have no clue the, Shakiri is an Albanian born uh, that's Swiss thing, guy when you you're know? actually like involved in it yourself and maybe it's something that's actually happening to you then you've obviously got the the freedom of to be able to showcase that yeah. like Shakiri did but when it's just like I don't know 5,000 Celtic fans waving Palestine yeah, flags yeah, like, yeah. what are you actually playing yeah, at yeah, yeah. why are you doing that like you not got any involvement that's not going to change anything you're just doing it to show that you can do it yeah I, I yeah know, it's just, try and be rebellious or something ah, like it's that it's just to have a bit of an image and get a bit of sh limelight on them again yeah having talked about it i actually it is actually quite funny the club have just fucking banned, banned them, them <laughs> i know like, like banned their, their, the core of their fan base yeah just don't give a fuck <laughs> see you later like that is actually how have they, how have they done that they just put out a statement they've they've um but so they, how do they know who's in and who's not because they all sit in one particular corner of the stadium oh, right, okay. so it's one group basically that right. sit in one part of the ground and that is the green brigade's right. corner so they've banned all the people who have season tickets in that part of the stadium that's about as effective an action they can really take to be uh, honest you just can't go to the game it'll be interesting to see because obviously that's not going to last forever what? and obviously the Green Brigade are going to be about what are they going to be what like is the Green Brigade's back? response like, how are they going to hit back like, I think I think, you're, I think regardless of that you're still going to see the Palestine flag yeah I, don't, I mean people can still get them in I think that there's, Celtic clearly one of those just one of those clubs that's, yeah you know they're very much they're very vocal about that and I think it obviously you know it goes back to the kind of the Irish struggle yeah. And you can see that. Okay. But, yeah. But, you okay. Know, yeah. You know, fair I have enough. To ask yourself what you know what what kind of politics is acceptable in football? Like, yeah. You know, yeah. That's very where true. Where do you draw the line? Because I suppose that you've got the whole sort of taking the knee issue, and the, but that's also political, but not in the same way. Yeah. Mm. Me and Don, we're going to do the sports politics podcast. Th <laughs> this is sports politics. <laughs> There's me and Don switch very quickly. Right <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just expending you so quick. <laughs> me and, oh, you got talent, kid. <laughs> Get them in. But no, I totally agree. And the Ireland thing, true. Like, I can see maybe from that perspective, their struggle for, like, they, they're obviously, like, United Ireland sort of has been a big part of their club's identity. So 
like they see some solidarity with that but it's it's obviously you way can't, you can't, you can't compare the two no exactly and obviously at, if, at if like celtic as a club wanted that to be part of their whole image and part of their whole gimmick then they would have allowed it and they would have been fine with it yeah if it was one cohesive movement for yeah them all that, to be yeah involved in, but, but it's kind of the ro- a rogue group of fans that yeah. are um, a, a massive rogue group and of fans and as you say it's a, mo- a rogue group of fans but it's also like fans as you say that wouldn't know what's actually going on no that's exactly. the thing that's for, like, I, think, I think the thing as well is that they're, they're, I, I don't know what the statistics are but there will be a, a fair proportion of uh, Jewish Celtic fans and Jewish Scottish football fans that will feel really I don't know uncomfortable with that totally yeah. well near Beaton um israeli ex-celtic player and the palestine celtic thing goes back years way before this uh, conflict actually began well before it began in its current form anyway um and they would display palestine flags at games and near Biton as a as an israeli uh, footballer was very um famously quite uncomfortable with it all but he just got on with his job i guess mm-hmm. um but that's the thing i don't think um a lot of these guys know what their their sort of gestures and issues how impactful it can be and how hurtful it can be for a lot of people there is a hundred million percent an israeli jewish Celtic fan in the stadium that night when every single person around him is hoisting a flag of the country that his country is at war with um like we're we're impartial here on the tour we're not we're not doing any of that shit but all, (laughs) all we're saying is like yeah where do you draw the line politics in football and i think Celtic have taken surprisingly um like at the time, I was shocked, but I think it probably is the right course of action in a way. Um, I, I think that it's it's absolutely brutal, but fair play, you don't see it actually ever happen, uh, do you? I, I suppose if they're not if they're not making the same stipulation about Israeli flags, and they are, they are picking a side. I don't know if that is true. That. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, Peter Lowell, get your Israeli badge away, mate. <laughs> uh, so yes, um, send us your thoughts. <laughs> Ten- <laughs> said tentatively into the microphone. If you have any thoughts, <laughs> send them our way. Oh, no. um, that pretty much takes us to the end of the news bulletin for today. Um, any any closing thoughts before we move on to the M and P's? Fuck politics. <laughs> yes. Free Palestine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you don't have a mic, Sam. <laughs> Don's banned for the green green beard. <laughs> Don is in the green beard. Uh, right back after this message. These potential messages that will be adverts one day. Back in a sec. So, um, obviously, regular listeners will know we have a fair uh, few contributors, friends of the tour, friends in quotation marks. In quotations. We've been betrayed by a friend, uh, knifed us right in the back. (laughs) He's not knifed us in the back. He's he's yeah the front the popular front <laughs> no he's the first he's the first friend to stand in opposition of the tour a very brave man with a brave take that um, we had to listen to to be honest it's bruni's corner um of all people one of our first our very first yeah uh friend on the tour actually uh long time listener mm. as he introduces himself he had this to say about our hibs take we we said the other week um our last pod about how we thought it was brave from Nick Montgomery to set up in a 4-2-4 at Ibrox, despite the fact that they got scudded. Um, Bruni, uh, Ali Tam Bruni, is a Hibs fan and was mildly disgusted with what we had to say. <laughs> and he just had to let us know. Uh, so, I mean, Ali, the floor is yours. Hi there, guys. Long-time listener, second-time caller, Ali Brown here. 
Uh, very forlornly sitting on Hibbs corner. Um, got to say, Aaron, I don't know how you can say that any part of you thinks that Hibbs going to Ibrox and going toe-to-toe with Rangers is something to be remotely proud of, let alone with this manager and this set of players. Uh, I think it was an immensely arrogant move by Nick Montgomery. I think his only saving grace throughout this whole thing is that these aren't his players. So he does have that to fall back on. I appreciate that. Um, But I'm yet to see a performance from a Nick Montgomery side that warrants the sheer arrogance of going to Rangers and thinking you're going to be able to fucking outplay them or go toe-to-toe with them. Regardless of the managerial situation, Hibs are nowhere near good enough to do that. There's not a single player in that Hibs team that would get a game for Rangers. And I genuinely, hand on heart, believe that. And as for your pal Mikey saying that he thinks it's good that Hibs have done that, no wonder he thinks it's fucking good because he's playing us in fucking less than two weeks' time at Hamden. And if Hibs turn up like that against Aberdeen, it'll be another fucking doing. So, nah, I'm really, really pissed off about the whole thing. I think it's a complete joke. Um, Watching the highlights just there. And, Christ, it could have been been six. Paul Hanlon passed the ball to Lammers on the edge of the box. Sorry, on the edge of the six-yard box. And they fucking hit the post. Um, And also, just coming to the point on, you know, the one thing I do agree with both of you on Um, is that there is just no spine to that team whatsoever. There is literally no one in that Hibs setup that I could trust to take that team by the scruff of the neck and lead them and make them better and improve a performance. It was an absolute disgrace and... Yeah, I'm very worried for this semi-final at Hamden, if I'm being totally honest. I'm going in with the total opinion that we are going to get battered and it's going to be a doing because that was fucking abysmal. Anyway, rant over. I do. It does, it does bring me to a broader question for you both and I've heard you say it on the podcast a couple of times. Um... And it's this sentence of they're playing the right way. So I'm just very, very interested to know what you guys believe the right way to play football is. And uh, potentially we can get a bit of a dialogue set up here. But anyway, guys, obviously love listening to the podcast. We don't disagree on very much, but on this occasion, I did have to voice my dismay and concerns at both of your takes so yeah let me have it (laughs) (laughs) great how can i hate australians my managers won (laughs) great stuff ali uh nice to be taken down a peg from our high waverly park perches (laughs) that we sit on in this living room sometimes um i do agree with you about the arrogant thing I would say, I can yeah. see your side. 
Um, I mean, the result proved it was an arrogant way to set up. You've got absolutely smashed Ibrox yeah. in the end, Aaron. And it's also, you know, that can also be backed up from how Hearts went and set up at the weekend as well. Hearts sat in, frustrated them, got an early goal. Just like we said last week, if yeah. you can do that against Rangers, you can frustrate them. And obviously, things went a bit pear-shaped for them at the that end. That is true. That's the right way to but do it. But at the same time, you look at Hibbs' result this weekend. We, again, went toe-to-toe with Celtic and you know we did ride a bit of luck we were a bit sloppy at times when we were trying to play it from the back which is expected when you've got Marshall and the sticks and other players that we do have yeah and we rode our luck we had a really good chance with Boyle and we managed to get a point yeah and Celtic did batter us in the end but you're they're always gonna when you're nil nil yeah I think I think that the point maybe of what we're saying the the bravery as I called it to set up like that uh Hibbs is attacking players um, for the most part, well, Boyle and Vente certainly come to mind. I think Boyle and Vente would get into that Rangers team. Yeah. 100%, I think they would. I think Boyle would definitely get into the team. And, and at the moment, Rangers striking options are extremely poor. And if Johan could add some more consistency to his game. I mean, Johan and Ryan Kent, there isn't anything that really strikes me any bit different from that. And Kent was in the Rangers team for years upon years. Both just sauntering around then have moments of magic and I don't see much of a difference between them. A, a dis, uh, distance or a uh, difference. I think maybe the, the spine in that in that game severely wilted and let you down. Well, there is no real spine to speak of in that Hibs team um, as we all agree on. Yeah. Nice, nice to agree. Aye. We uh, agree, Ali. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. We have Lennon Miller, Stuart Finlay. Oh yeah, that was it. Aaron Spine, Dimitar Mitov. <laughs> who is a brilliant goalie to ah, be fair he is. he is one of the best players at St Johnston but I would not be having him uh, Stuart Finlay and Lennon Miller the winger as my spine um, but to be fair um, it's different I like to see something a bit different because everyone sits in at Ibrox but I guess we saw why when Hibs got absolutely fucking destroyed ah, it's stupid it oh. is stupid um, unless you are absolutely bowling and it is the worst Rangers team of all time then unfortunately like it or not um, you have to play the way Hearts played and Hearts nearly came away with a win at the end of the day and we're, I think everyone can agree we're very unfortunate to not come out with three points in the end uh, unlucky two dog shit penalties one which was definitely a penalty anyway mm. um, but yes uh, the right way to play um, shall we address the shall right address way that? to play football uh, I think um, it basically comes down to a, a sort of it's very subjective obviously case by case uh, basis if your team has a certain group of players, it's a different. There's a different right way to play football. I think Livy play the right way, for example, yeah. for Livingston Football Club, for the players they have, for the ground they have, the finances, blah blah blah. The manager, like they play the right style of football for themselves, yeah. and it's proven the way that they are playing the league. Um, St Johnston, they have no identity at all. It's tough to say if they could even play a right way because. Their squad is so weak, yeah. but there there is always an identity. There's always a way you can find to maximise your player's ability. Um, for me, the the right way to play football is basically that. But then some people would argue that it's an entertainment business. Therefore, you must go out and entertain, and that means trying to play really attacking wing football. And I think that's where Hibs hundred percent are mm-hmm. as, as a football club, and the culture that we have as a football club is to try and play entertaining football. Um, if you know, Hibbs manager came in and we were just sat five at the back, ten men behind the ball, went to Ibrox and lost one or two nil, that would be well more frustrating than us trying to go toe-to-toe with them and try and play them off the park, especially a weakened Rangers side. 
And, you know, as I said, I will yeah. stick by it is an admirable thing that he tried to play football there. And it does put them under pressure against big teams to then be able to learn quicker when they're playing the weaker teams mm, mm, mm. and hopefully be able to play flashier and more slick football yeah. against these teams. But, you know, then it goes back to the old question of why are hips trying to play flash entertaining football? We're just like a Your bang hips. average, yeah, exactly, yeah, a bang yeah, average yeah. Scottish football That's team true. and we should just try to be playing to win. So I it's think how you view it as well. Definitely, and, and, yeah. An element maybe of frustration given the manner of the defeat and pretty much everyone thought that Hibs were maybe even going to be the favorite, not the favorites, but certainly had a massive chance going yeah. into Ibrox. Uh, Clement's first game, Hib- uh, Rangers have been terrible, absolutely terrible up to that point and Hibs were looking all right. So Hibs maybe- are just not good enough to sit in, like without going too in depth about Hibs, we're not good enough to sit in against any team and frustrate them. Like defense Our defense yeah. and our midfield are just so bad like that we can't do that. Jimmy Jago and Joe Newell and the central midfielders are never going to be able to like sit in front of a back four and contain football players coming at them lots. And then you look at the back four and then you look at David Marshall and the sticks. He had a shot from 25, 30 yards out that just trickles past them. So, you know, I think we did have to try yeah. and take them if we were to get anything out of it because us trying to play counter-attack in football is just never going to work yeah. how weak we are at the back. Well, now that we've got you nice and fired up, Hi. shall we get on to the Euro Games, the European Conference and Europa League matches that happened last Thursday? Yes. Last Thursday. Oh, man feels like i don't even know what it feels like you were all in that boozer far too long ago <laughs> yeah that honestly feels like years it feels ago. like years and years ago <laughs> oh my god uh, thank god but i tell you what the pain hasn't eased up man. Oh. i remember that day I heard he got ambushed by some couple. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Aye, Mikey got properly ambushed. Like, we and Mikey were just sat down for a pint. <laughs> Funny, because you're going to hear this for the first time live on the pod yeah. as well, Don. So, uh, we'll, we'll just get into it. Um, we'll start off... Uh, we'll start off positively, shall we? And we'll get we'll get the good stuff out of the way. And then we'll, we'll end on a nice negative nugget. Um, so, Celtic played Atletico at home. Um... It's the best performance that Celtic Football Club have put in. In I actually can't even put a number on it since the last time they won at home in Europe. I don't even know if they played that well. They didn't even win at home. I'd say they it's drew. probably the best result they've had. Feels since. like they won. Honestly, that's it how does. they've acted. But two two all with Atletico and uh, yeah, sorry. Anne. But probably the best result since they drew at City. They drew at Easter yeah. Road three all maybe like six years ago. Yeah, and Easter Road. Sorry. This- <laughs> A wish, yeah. <laughs> um, at the end, yeah, he had. So, yeah, fair play to them. Like they really put in a good performance, and they actually looked like a proper Champions League side for the first time in a while. For the first time in ages, yeah. And I think um, that Lazio result is going to come back and sting even more for Celtic fans uh, in the long run because um, it's going to. It might even prove their undoing. You know, they've given themselves a monumental task, and they they nearly so nearly beat Atletico at home. Uh, and it's the like I said, like we've both said, it's the best I've seen Celtic play in a long, long time. Um, they look like a real Champions League squad. They worked Atletico Madrid so hard uh, on the pitch for space. They were passing in tight, tight corners all through the game. Uh, great one-touch stuff. Great touch and move football. Like everything you expect, really, from a top-caliber European side. Uh, Matt O'Reilly was phenomenal Maeda played one of his best games in a Celtic shirt um and I just think that they were probably a bit unlucky um Atletico were actually really 
um, happy to get out of there with the draw yeah. in the end. Um, Broadball, Broadball might even be back. You it know, it was like how we sort of forecasted it. I thought the Celtic were going to be really much up for it. Yeah, and Atletico came thinking it was going to be a lot easier than what they did, and maybe we were a wee bit caught off guard. And especially, especially Celtic getting that early goal. You know, you could tell yeah. it really put them on the back foot, and the noise in Celtic. Yeah, Park, yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. The Green Brigade was <laughs> yeah. phenomenal. It was really, really loud, uh, and an absolute cauldron of <laughs> noise as they call it but it's it's a shame for them now because they now have to obviously go to Spain and get a win well let's be realistic I think Celtic are not gonna, they're obviously not getting out of the group that's a, a no-go um, to get third is going to be really hard given that the results have went but I think for Celtic to have a successful campaign I think it really really hinges on them they must beat Feyenoord yeah. at home on the last game just get out of the Champions League get this hoodoo out the way show a proper performance beat Feyenoord yeah. at home and just be like right okay we're meant to yeah. be here and it took us a wee, t- wee bit of time to click and now things are looking bright for us Lazio away can they get something there probably now? maybe yeah yeah I, I could see that maybe not probably but but they're they're in the conversation um, I think you are right I don't think there's any chance of them qualifying they're going to be looking for third and they're going to be looking to restore a bit of pride to the Celtic badge um, in terms of top level European competition because for the last decade they have been nowhere nowhere near it um, but they showed a flash of that again um, that old that old Celtic um, ability to play at that level um, the other week there against Atletico uh, Morata's equaliser was an absolutely just delicious like just a classic Morata header diving flicks it right back across the keeper insane uh, goal like proper um, diving header it's just one of the one of the great sights of the game uh, for me anyway uh, but yes yeah, so, so Celtic uh, playing for pride essentially probably not going to get with the group but magnificent performance it has to be said yeah uh, against atletico uh sparta and rangers easily the worst of the three yeah um of the game so let's just, let's just I, smash that one out like i mean quite quite easily rangers got absolutely shagged in the first <laughs> half and they really should have been they behind. got bullied it was it was physical and they didn't stand up to the challenge yeah, they didn't they didn't but they managed to hold on somehow miraculously yeah. they did and they managed to get through at time. And I looked at the statistics on, on Bet365, because so I was very curious to see. And Rangers had one shot off target, and the other team, Sparta, they must add 17 shots, six on target. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. was bonkers. Yeah. Um, but they managed to, you know, ride out the wave. And Rangers probably would have felt unlucky in the end not to come away with three points. Yeah. I think Rangers piled on the pressure. Towards the end, no, you're did. right, actually. They, really, yeah, they yeah, had they a lot going on in the last 20, 30 minutes, to be fair to them. And honestly, I think they would have felt a wee bit hard done by. They didn't come out there with a win. Yeah. In the end. So, but... so Rangers very much in the in the sort of conversation to go through still. Yeah, 100%. Um, they, they sit... Uh, third in the group third joint points joint points um, a win against Betis that could prove to be vital down the road obviously Um, very very tough place to go obviously um, anywhere in Europe at this level but especially the Czech Republic is is famously quite a difficult place to go to and Rangers have got two home games left they'll fancy themselves against Aris and they'll fancy themselves again the Sparta a bit of a revenge against Aris because that was Aye. That was crazy. Nah, it's weak sauce. That. Yeah, yeah. It is weak sauce. But I think Rangers will fancy themselves to get out of the group. Yeah. Two home ties and an away tie. Um, who they'll be playing away to? Um, fucking hell. Betis, they'll be playing Betis away to. Betis away. And then they've got Sparta and uh, 
Aris Apple or Aris Limassol even ah, to, right. to come to Ibrox. So yeah, you're right. I could definitely they should be taking certainly Limassol at least to the sword at Ibrox. Yeah, you'd expect. Yeah, um, Aberdeen uh, beat them at I'm pretty sure. So I mean, there you go. Here we go, <laughs> Aberdeen. Is that a segue in? Oh please. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we were watching it at the old Bell Inn. Mm-hmm. Great pub for any Edinburgh locals, by the way. Yep. Anybody that's unfamiliar with the old Bell, get yourself down. Say Mikey Tucker on the door. They won't know who the fuck I am. So, that's good. Uh, Is that the guy that comes in and talks about the carpets? <laughs> oh, look at these carpets. And look at these bar stools. And then the barmaid was like, you're obsessed. I was like, shop and put me Heverly Sand. Do Heverly, please. Uh, yeah, we went in with high hopes. Uh, watched the end of the Rangers game. All was well. Donald and Aaron came to meet me. Um having a great laugh having a great time was good I good old jolly knees up fantastic yeah the old bell is always great Um, and they always show the football so importantly as well despite the last time I was in there for the Frankfurt game um, the tourists that were in the pub were protesting because the Liverpool um, whoever Liverpool had in the in the Euro- in the Champions League that game it was like Rosenborg or something ah, it wasn't Rosenborg I can't remember who it was like... I can't remember who it was um, Strumgratz maybe or Toulouse something like that something. Um, and all the tourists are going get the Liverpool game on get the Liverpool game on Barman stood strong no we're showing the Aberdeen game Aye. how do you like that it's exactly what it should be yeah yeah exactly yes. apple pie and cream baby <laughs> and then uh, yeah so we were all there waiting to watch the Aberdeen game Donald had to leave Aaron had to leave uh, eventually um, obviously busy men busy lives had other appointments to get to um, just as Aaron was leaving I was very much ambushed by another couple oh my or, or a couple um, husband and wife who then turned out to not be husband and wife and just like a mate and a, and a girl and they were just chatting absolute shite to me in fact he wasn't saying anything I was like uh, she definitely had that guy on string we were like alright they were like do you mind if we sit here yeah yeah of course oh is that the Dons and she was like is that AFC that's what, what she said pointed for? to my shirt like, I was like yeah off. it sure is turns out later on she doesn't know anything about Aberdeen, doesn't no. care anything about football, obviously. It was like the weirdest interaction ever. And we're trying, oh, you're right, mate, over there. And he's in the corner, like, yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> like, not saying anything. Aye. Like, you come down to the old bell, you have a conversation. Yeah. You don't sit like a, sh- you don't ask to sit at the table and then just say nothing when you're, when you're questioned a little bit. Like, come on, mate. I thought, that I couldn't actually believe what was going on. I'm glad I had to leave after 10 minutes because she was doing my nothing. So all the while, these two absolute freaks are sitting at the table um, occasionally, me a ki- well, me and Aaron, yeah, <laughs> and then we're joined by a really fit couple, <laughs> uh, questioning me about like where I'm from and like what I do and stuff like that. I'm trying to watch the fucking game. Uh, I'm trying to watch the bloody game here. <laughs> uh, Aberdeen are two 0 up, so I'm I'm fine really with this interaction uh, at this point. Like all smiles, giving them great chat, giving them great, giving them the best chat, maybe the best form I've ever been on. <laughs> she was laughing. I had him talking about Cold Chamber for a bit, <laughs> and uh, yeah, then I see two one and I'm getting a bit nervous now and they're still speaking away to all and um, I went like that oh and they were like what's wrong oh, I was like no. I was like mm, can you not just see so then after that I was on absolute mute obviously fixed to the game um, were they saying anything to you they kept it? speaking and I was just like giving them you know like yeah yeah or yeah. okay yeah one second <laughs> And then, um, obviously, not now. Not, please not now. Please not now. Uh, so then, obviously, it goes three-two. Pauk in the last. 
with the last kick of the ball. What from were you doing during like the penalty, penalty I, drama? Uh, were they speaking during they that? They were speaking during that, and oh I was just not God. listening. They were speaking to each other, but like, you know, <laughs> I was just sat watching it um, with with tears in my eyes as um, the pout player put the ball in the spot. And I had a feeling that Roos was going to save it. He did not save it, and it ended 3 2 pout with the last kick of the ball on a dubious penalty. And I mean, you can talk about it all day long. Um, I could anyway. <laughs> well, I couldn't until now. I've not spoken about this once because it was just too fucking sore. Mm. Um, so then, obviously, they they score to win the game three two. We had a probable penalty just moments before that wasn't a penalty. Uh, and really, um, I know this is a sports podcast, and this is what I want to do for a living potentially is be like a sports writer, be involved in sports media. But it makes you question why the hell anybody ever watches sports. Yeah. what is the point in this um it's a lifetime of conditioning um that i have experienced for what for absolute fucking abject misery yeah at least once a year with a monumental defeat when you get to a final or you get to the big moment and you inevitably fail especially when you're a fan of a team like aberdeen uh, who have had so much glory in the past but um nowadays will never um will never live up to that and um, I hope all the rival Scottish football fans are hearing this right now and soaking in the Aberdeen tears <laughs> because they are real. Like that, that was brutal, and it almost has made me question what the fucking point is. Yeah, a lot of the time, like what is what? What do I get out of this? I get okay, we've beaten Rangers at Ibrox. That was amazing. But then for one of them, there's ten pokes. Yeah, you know, there's four nil at Celtic against Celtic in a final, or three nil in a final in the pitching rain, or you get pumped at home by St. Johnston 5-0 out of yeah, nowhere or yeah. whatever it is mate it's it's just uh, sports is a tricky one because you don't really know why you do it you just have this insane re- emotional response uh, towards that and yeah. and it fucks you up basically yeah no I couldn't agree more and I've had obviously many many moments as a Hibs fan very similar to that but you know that pouch result is crushing too. it's up, next level coasting. like you've had quite a tricky and traumatic uh, European campaign as it is so far with a hacking result and then not being Helsinki and thinking right we've managed to just put that to bed a little bit we're 2-0 up with 20 minutes to go against a good side after like playing a, really they well they looked good they, they looked really weak they yeah. didn't look at it at all yeah. like, they didn't create much yeah. they weren't doing anything weren't that threatening at no. all and you just chuck it away in that manner and it just must have been gut wrenching it shows you that we're actually a really like we have the potential to play really really well and to absolutely uh you know smother teams like pauk connor Barron was phenomenal was so good throughout like literally nine plus on fm yeah. he would have been that why game did, why did they bring him up why did they do the because Bo- because uh barry robson is the, the old pe teacher thing he just thinks he just sees three boys that are getting a bit leggy and just chucks three boys on mm. you know like what you do in fm when you see that your players are at 30 percent but, you, can't, be arsed doing individual but you, can't, you just you just throw three on at once yeah. and just totally disrupt everything about the game and then so baron comes off um uh, i can't even remember who else he took off but it was the the three subs that changed the game he brought on duke it was crazy the three it, um and i can't remember who the final the final one was um in this moment but uh, it totally disrupted the flow of the game it, Polvara was the other one he took mm. off Polvara and um, Polvara and uh, Baron were our two best players in that game without I, a doubt I just don't understand it doesn't make any sense at all uh, and then it's no coincidence that uh, uh, the subs were made on 70 minutes Pout scored their first goal on 72 minutes I think mm. uh, and then uh, so it was straight away there, or right? 78 minutes 82 minutes 
and then 93rd minute obviously uh, and we lose the game because our manager has no sense for tactics or for substitutions or for any of the basics of management uh, i like barry robson i think he's a good guy but here's how it's gonna go aberdeen are gonna go get beaten by motherwell tomorrow and then we're gonna get beaten by hibbs in the cup semi-final alley you have nothing to worry about um and then barry robson will get the inevitable sack that is already coming his way just give it to him now i say honestly like what is the point in carrying on with this his win percentage is shockingly bad yeah uh, as as a first team manager of the club honestly i think he's still fine servant if he wants to just become coach again or go back into the coaching staff and we get a real manager in um, which is what we should have done at the end of last season when he had a really good run as caretaker. Okay, Barry, you've done your bit. Take a step back. Now let's get someone with a lot of experience yeah, and take the team. Yeah, experience head in to actually galvanise the team and, and steer them in a direction of what's going to be a difficult campaign. Like Barry Robson coming into this campaign without Europe would have been difficult for him. Like having a full transfer window to like try and select the right team and then try and get playing the right way for a full proper season. But to have the European campaign to navigate on top of that it really is mismanagement from the top of Aberdeen to, yeah. to not be able to see that and give him the the duty to give him the wheel to try and divert the yeah, team the right yeah. way this way. It's, it's just Dave Cormack maybe believing in bloody Christmas miracles a, a bit too it much. It is, and it's just like, obviously Barry Robson's an Aberdeen guy and he's got in his ear and he showed the passion and got... You know, the whole Aberdeen sort of believing again after the end of last year. He had a great run. Have been yeah. a, a, a thank you very much. You've been a good servant. Here's your medal. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, yeah. You passed the test. <laughs> now off you fuck. Aye. And let's get a real guy in to, to take charge of this team that clearly needs it because right now, when you look at some of the players, um, Duke is having an absolute stinker. We're nearly halfway through the season and everyone's waiting for him to explode into his old form. It ain't coming. I don't think it's coming. Clarkson has been an absolute shell. I can see now why we got him for 10 grand or whatever it is from yeah. Liverpool. Um, must have been, I don't know what it was. He was really good last season. He's being asked to play in a different role maybe. Uh, maybe the loss of Ramadani at the start of the season is playing into it. But Clarkson has been, for lack of a better word, horseshit all year. <laughs> um, it just it's, it's a real hot mess at Aberdeen right now and I don't see it getting better anytime soon. The performance at the weekend was toothless against Didier Drogba's Kilmarnock. I mean, Kyle Vassell's Kilmarnock, although you can easily see why I'd mistake them. Kyle Vassell, ever since we slagged him off, is playing like one of the best strikers of all time. Strength, pace, ability. (laughs) He's got everything in bags at the moment. Uh, Everything that we would need. He's even bloody captaining them at the moment. So what the fuck do we know, Aaron? Yeah, uh, yeah, it fired him up. Uh, Probably spurred him on in the end. Well, you've rinsed Aberdeen, so they'll go in to win their next five games now. Like. Uh, yeah, probably. Well, definitely not, but... Nah, no chance. Uh, yeah, so we'll get a bit more into the semi-preview later, but we better move on because I've spent enough time moaning, <laughs> bleating away. We got there, that was a good interview. sheep there. I am. <laughs> yeah. So, that was the European Games, um, sponsored by Horizon. Verizon. Or something. Sponsored by someone one day. Stat Maybe. Sports. If anyone's listening. Yeah. Stat Sports. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Get them involved. We need sponsors. Tenants. We need to start making money out of this. Um. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Hines. Here's a question for our listeners. What's your most trusted brand? I'll let that sit with you for a minute. Mine's is Heinz. Yeah. It's quite a classic one. Bit of a thinker. Yeah. Get thinking. Aaron's. Aaron's was like... What did I say I can't again? even remember. My wee sister's was the NHS. <laughs> Not a brand, but okay. 
<laughs> well, also, it feels like you're trying too hard with an answer like that. Yeah, yeah. The NHS. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on, Chloe. Come on, Chloe. Uh, right. Yes. I said feel up. That's how bad <laughs> oh, my answer was. Plus, the NHS probably wouldn't be the most trusted. Like, do you know what I mean? It's it's, it's good that we have it. Yeah. You can't always trust and rely. No, on no, exactly. You cannot always trust the NHS. That's for sure. I just checked my tooth the other day, and they told me to go and get a filling myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's get the show back on track, shall we? Um, and move along to the Scotty Cup. Uh, something that actually gives me a bit of joy in sports these days is lower league football. It's why we got into this whole uh, sordid business in the first place. Yes. And there's no better display of it in the world than the oldest trophy. Look it up. The oldest trophy in football. The oldest, maybe actually the oldest trophy in... No, it's not the oldest trophy in sports. That would be the Ashes, actually. Oh. But the oldest uh, trophy in football, for sure, is the Scottish Cup. And what a weekend of Scottish Cup action it was, uh, Aaron. We saw some really insane games. Some massive upsets, some wake-up calls, and like sort of indicators of where certain teams are that we maybe didn't think that they were at that level yeah. quite yet. Um, our first game that we're gonna get onto is was uh, was Trinent East Kilbride, for example. Wow, what a game that was! Hey, what a game! Yeah, I'll let you take the take Honestly, the floor on this one. Maybe I think I think everyone going into this game was like, right, this is gonna be a proper dogfight. But everyone thinks East Kilbride might come out slight favourites. Trinent were three to one going into this game, and for me, I was close to putting a draw marker. I thought it was gonna go like after extra time, yeah, it could yeah, go either yeah. way. And then you're looking at the result, and it's four nil or five nil at half time, and you're just thinking, "What is going on? Seven nil? What is going on? No one in their right minds would have predicted that." And it's it's an absolute massive, as you say, wake up call for Mick Kennedy and his side. Oh, humongous! And you know what? We've given Mick Kennedy quite a bit of flack on this podcast for being a bit of a a showman. Yeah, a bit of the old the old um, old fart no poo sort of thing. A bit of the old maybe a touch of arrogance touch of that showman um exaggerate kind of thing and i think that's gonna that's funneled into the players and that arrogance came out on on saturday there because they were not at it and it's gonna this is gonna be this this result this is gonna be whether mick kennedy is a good football manager or not so east cobride have got everything in place to be the team that goes into league two there was no question of that before saturday Mm -hmm. and they have their ship has been not only rocked it's yeah. having a fucking missile <laughs> put through the bottom yeah, of it yeah, yeah. and it is sinking and if he can quickly galvanise them I've used the word galvanise so much tonight yeah. but if he can get the ship going again after this then fair play to him because yeah. it's going to be a bit of hard work getting Bobby 7-0 by your league rivals oh my god the team that's like in second in the league. it's just it's, honestly <laughs> if you're in the Trinent dressing room you're saying Let's just kick on and win this yeah. thing now. Let's well, just prove that... Well, they just showed that they can be a much, much... Like, way better streets ahead side of East Kilbride. And what I was going to quickly say about Mick Kennedy was... We've given him a lot of, of flack, but I think his response was actually really impressive after the game. I liked it as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. But whether that does actually... Whether he can, yeah. Well, he's obviously okay at speaking on the mic, and he's good enough to hold his own yeah. for himself. Yeah. But can he now get that out of the players yeah, as yeah, well yeah, that's yeah. the huge question and yeah. it's going to be extremely intriguing it is going to be so- um, because Trenent are if Trenent win their game in hand they're only four points behind these Cobra yeah uh, even seven points you know seven points with a game in hand uh, 
that it's not over by any stretch of but everyone before that weekend and, and all the whole of East Colbride's team and Mick Kennedy came out and said it himself everyone thought that they were you know gung-ho ready to go and win it certainly going to win it and yeah. after that oh. it just proves it just proves to you that um, there's still a long 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 way to go uh, for a lot of these teams like even you know East Colbride who've been smashing it for ages um, they're still they're still have that possibility to lose concentration to that level of unprofessionalism yeah. that's an un- a totally unprofessional 100%. performance from East Kilbride you're playing at the team like they should have been so fired up for that game you know it's a one off it's a Scottish Cup who do they think they are I know like, really yeah. like who do you think you are going to your, your league rivals in the Scottish Cup and thinking you can just turn up and win that game like that it's just a well it's one obviously the players but obviously Mick Kennedy's not managed that well no, enough yeah if that's what he's saying he obviously knows that that was the atmosphere yeah. in the camp before the game. So either so. he's not managed that well, or he's just went, "I'm going to let them get bobbied, and I'll be able to. <laughs> I'm going to let them get bobbied and see, get a taste of their medicine, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, then yeah. go and try and do it." But why would you do that? Yeah, That's stupid. I know. It would be mental if he had just sent his players out to just get, to get <laughs> shafted. Play off of shite the daylight. <laughs> I need to galvanise them again. I need to galvanise them, man. <laughs> galvanise. Come on, come on. Boom, boom, boom. Chemical Brothers. Just put that on at the end of the show. Uh, yeah, so East Kilbride, humongous wake-up call. Trinent, oh, get on your horses, boys. The big that, that league race ain't over yet. Um, another team from East Lothian that had a tremendous result. Of course, it was my boys, Dunbar United. The Seasiders. Say, 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 say. <laughs> Dunbar United, the Seasiders. Uh, a penalty from Dean Whitson uh, was the only goal in a game against League Two. East Fife knocked them out of the cup. Former winners, twice winners of the Scottish Cup, East Kilbride, uh, East, East Fife, go crashing out. I don't think they were going to win it this time. Nah. But they have won it twice before. <laughs> so, see you later. Would have been nuts if he's five. <laughs> yeah, going for the third title. <laughs> would be better. That was the team talk before the game. But here, Dunbar, fair play to them. Their most, their biggest they're, they're result big, in their history by a mile. The first yeah. time they're ever going to be in the third round of the cup. And you know, there seems to be a really good atmosphere at Dunbar. Oh yeah, there was like seven hundred people there. That's fantastic. More than there was at Trinent game. More than there was at Genefield. Yeah. More than most of the other games in that that round. Uh, even Musselburgh potentially as well. Yeah. Um, so it's just a real good it's an, feel factor it's a really Dunbar. amazing time for East Lothian football actually right yeah, now in yeah. general like um, every team apart from Preston Athletic who were the former big dogs I guess in the in the East Lothian scene um, Dunbar amazing Trinent amazing Haddington looked really good um, obviously Musselburgh um, as well doing insane things in the East of Scotland first division um, we'll get onto them in a wee moment obviously but yeah, Dunbar United. It's one of the the, the reasons I locked them uh, last week was because I just had a feeling that yeah, like East Lothian football is in a really good place right now, and East Fife are not in the best place. It, it did look like it could have been an upset, but did I actually think it was going to happen? Probably not. I'm already two forfeits down at this point, so why <laughs> not get a third? Uh, so yeah, amazing, amazing result. Um, Aaron Congleton will certainly be pleased. Ah, he will be. And Darren Handling. And Darren. Certainly. The Haddy boys. Yeah, going absolutely mental in the changing room afterwards. Uh, that's what you heard at the top there. So yeah, that was that was a really fantastic result for those boys. East Fife left scratching their arses. Um, where what, do they go where from do here? We, where do we honestly go from here? Promotion looks unlikely. They're out the Scottish Cup in the second round. 
it's just really bad times for the metal club yeah. currently. Aye, that's not not good for them. And Take now... me back to 1938 <laughs> when we won the cup. That's what it'll be like. Scratching onto that. <laughs> They'll be finishing eighth, seventh. You reckon? Like that. What Where else can they go? I know, what else can they really do now? Like... Nice kits though. The old golden tartan. Um, I saw a wee photo the other day. It just shows you like Scottish football is insane in a hundred years where it's been and where it's gone and where it is now a photo of Hamden the cup final where East Fife won it um, against Killy against Killy 150k or something like that yeah. 120k just mental just absolutely mental now they've got 749 at Dunbar East even, yeah yeah exactly and the majority Dunbar fans <laughs> as well uh, but yeah it shows you it shows you the passion for Fife football and Right now, certainly the East Nuke, I believe they call it, that part of Fife, is not uh, going to be too happy with their main club. Uh, so yes, well done, Dunbar. Um, next up, we had the Genefield Elgin game, wow. which was another absolutely, absolutely mental <laughs> game of football. 7-0? 6-0? 6-0. Yeah, yeah. Trouncing. Oh, <laughs> an utter butter buttfuck of a it defeat. It was really, uh, really, really poor. I watched the highlights uh, earlier today, and you would have no idea that Elgin were the team in League Two and Genefield were the team yeah. sort of fourth in the East. Genefield, honestly, as well. they walked it and they made Elgin look really poor, and oh, Elgin boy. were just so just yeah, lackadaisical yeah. I think ooh very nice a great word Aaron. Yeah, Lacks- yeah. I was going to say saunter and I was like I say saunter all the time galvanised only got about five words in my vocabulary so. La- lackadaisical yeah. put that in your diaries if you- Miss Machen's yeah, English class has yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, served yeah, me well very nice I'll be using that work tomorrow <laughs> feeling a bit lackadaisical today <laughs> he won't have a clue what that means <laughs> joking david david's mother could be listening to this podcast she's a hibs fan so is she yeah, yeah, yeah. unlucky shout out to david's mom oh. david's, david's mom <laughs> <laughs> class um yes uh, so genefield a club that play in the central leagues of scotland are uh, they play east of scotland east of scotland yeah they, yeah, right? yeah they were, um they they were they're not a club that's got much they're same they've not got much fame at yeah, all yeah no. They're having a good season. They this are having season, a good but season. In historical terms, in historical terms, they've not really ever done much in the wider scope of the game. Um, they come up against Elgin, who have for the past sort of ten years been they've been a, they've been all right. They've been League Two stalwarts, famous for their ground borough Briggs, famous for being a northern team. Yeah. They've not really done too much, uh, but I tell you what, they will not be doing, and that is staying in League Two this season. I don't think it's just all hands on deck. That team is pretty disgusting to be honest quite <laughs> embarrassing actually yeah. all embarrassing all around they had Kane Hester obviously Elgin were a one trick pony because since that man has left Borough Briggs they've been an absolute shit show yeah they have been and that was just so illustrated for everyone to see in, in the game against Genefield 4-0 down after like 20 odd minutes the fifth goal was horrible pass out for the back and then the Genefield boy just nicks in in front of someone and just drives at the defence for like 30, 40 yards without anyone touching him and just smashes it in. Oh, man. And it was just like... Where's the pressing? Where's the intensity? What's going on? Like, no the, one gives a fuck. Where's the desire? Like, Where is the heart? Like, there's none of it at all. Elgin, um, I think, obviously, it's an amazing result for Genefield um, and probably one of the biggest in their history. It and is they the celebrate it massively and all the rest of it and not to take anything away from it. But I think it honestly reflects more on how bad Elgin are 
Um, obviously, that waits to be seen. Genefield might might continue to to upset some people in the cup and might really uh, prove this shout wrong. But I just I think it's a freak result, which shows you the depths of depravity that Elgin City Football Club are in right now. They they are they deserve to go down at this rate. Like they honestly do. Yeah. After that, it's hard to really um, issue that they're not going to. Still a lot of football to be played, but I just don't see how a team that can get beaten 7-0 by Genefield Swift when you are meant to be one of the 42 best teams in the country. It's a game that you're looking at thinking this is one that can get us going. Now. Yeah. This can maybe kick us all. Let's smash them. Let's smash them. Right. <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> Why are they smashing us? This should be a game that we can. Exactly. They should have smashed Genefield okay. Swift. Like, yeah. Honestly, it's bonkers. It's more crazy than the Dunbar result. It's more crazy, way more crazy than the Trinent East Cobride result because they still excuse me, they still play in the same league. Genefield Swifts, as Aaron would say, bald caps off to you because, <laughs> yeah, I think you've just really sent a message to the Moray Coast there and, uh, yeah, Elgin City, I'm sorry, but I just cannot, cannot get up for you at all. I like to see a team that's struggling trying to stay up and that whole relegation battle thing, but I now hope Elgin go down. <laughs> really? That has pissed me off. <laughs> that has pissed me off. Pissed me yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't want to piss me off. <laughs> um, yeah, so so goodbye Elgin, hopefully. Oh. It'll be an absolutely insane thing if they can somehow get some heart from that because... It can only be up. That's the thing. Over. It can <laughs> only be up. Mate, terrible. Um, but yes, and now on to one of the tour's faves. It's the old blue and white Berg, uh, Mussy Athletic, welcomed the cameras of BBC into the Olive Bank Arena last night and put on an absolute spectacle uh, of lower league football. It was a tough game to watch at times. It didn't have an insane amount of quality, let's be honest. Musselburgh can play better than that, which is the thing. They'll know that themselves. Yeah. I think that they, there was maybe a hint of nerves going in. I really think so, yeah. Yeah, not, um, you know, not surprising. Um, it would have been absolutely amazing if there hadn't been any nerves, yeah. let's be honest. Um, I think maybe a bit of nerves from both sets of players, the Clyde boys, worried that they were going to get shagged by Musselburgh and they could have been. I think Musselburgh on their day could have actually smashed that yeah, Clyde side. I, I think if they met in a normal, not on television on the Monday night under the lights everyone talking about it for the last month I think Musselburgh would have a better chance of beating them in mm-hmm. terms of like the quality of both teams have I think it being on telly and being so much hype might have hindered them almost yeah, yeah, in terms yeah. of their chances of getting yeah. through because you did feel like there was a, especially in the first 10, 15, 20 minutes they looked nervous to play Musselburgh yeah, yeah. and Clyde were very much on top and I was I was speaking to my brother on WhatsApp and I was like you know I fancy Musselburgh to do alright and he's like are you sure like Clyde have been well on top yeah, yeah. 10, 15, 20 minutes yeah. the team two visions above and that's come from someone that's maybe not too like engrossed in the, in the of east that. of Scotland so and I was like on yeah. paper that you're right like and fair enough but yeah. you know Musselburgh did put on a show in the end and they did manage to stay strong and it also shows that Clyde just haven't got that quality to quite punish teams yeah when they're not at it or whatever Um, full stop yeah that's it I mean Clyde Clyde can maybe try and kick on their season from now I think it's a really it's quite a heartening uh, victory especially new man in the dugout as well Um, so I think with all that taken into consideration it could have been a lot worse for Clyde Um, they were lucky to encounter Musselburgh um, like you say, maybe a bit of nerves. They settled down as the game went on and then they probably could have won it. It could have gone either way in the end. Uh, although I think Clyde, they just had that little bit 
that tiny extra bit of experience, that slightly slight edge of quality maybe that just saw them through in the mm-hmm. end, as you would expect from a team two yeah. divisions above, in fairness. A struggling team, mind you, but a team that is still in League 2 at the end of the day and Musselburgh are in not even in the Premiership in the East of Scotland Premiership uh, East Scotland Prem either and I, I, oh and right yeah but they're not in the Lowland League no no yeah like, yeah far from it but like I think Musselburgh as well might just run out of steam they just run yeah, out of steam totally. like, you know as you say two divisions above even though it's the exact same as yeah. Genefield and Elgin I just think you know Clyde have got a wee bit more quality and they showed that in the end. They managed to take their chances when they came to them and they managed to do the job. So fair play to Clyde. The, the Clyde goal was really great at the end as well. The wee dummy into Martin Rennie, slots it away. Great finish. Lovely uh, dummy. Chris Renton got on the score uh, score sheet a wee bit too late. Absolutely hoof. That yeah, was yeah, the yeah, 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 Scottish yeah. little hoof ball. And um, a great equaliser as well with the, the old Declan O'Kane swirling free kick right into the, the six The sellies were box. class. Yeah, yeah, they were. They deserved, they deserved the equaliser. They deserved their the moment. Yeah, yeah, they did deserve the moment and they got their moment, um, but maybe not quite enough quality to see the, the tie through in the end. I'm sure we'll see Musselburgh doing more things when they come up from the East of Scotland Premier Division. Um, used to be called the First Division back in my day. Aye, back in the That's, real day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When back Whitehill in, were winning. Back in Tucker's day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When Whitehill were on top. Yeah, well, exactly. Our boys were winning. Shout out to John Bird. <laughs> uh, but yes, I'm sure we will see uh, more of Musselburgh. This isn't the end, Kevin Liston. Uh, so take heart, my friend. Uh, that's pretty much it for the Scottish Cup, Aaron. Yes. Um, your nap was Albion Rovers, ah. St. Uh, St. Andrews United. They managed to squeeze out a 2-1 victory. Good on them. Yeah, looked like good. a really good uh, atmosphere down in Coatbridge. Um, we got that boy got to send a photo. Yeah, any of our listeners who um, travel to whatever grounds at the weekends, send us in pics of the of the crowds and the supporters. We we'll, love to see it. We love to see it so much. We'll put we quote on uh, quote tweet it and give you the whole give you the whole sort. Of, Get you on the tour. Yeah, yeah. Join join the tour. That's exactly it. We're building a community. <laughs> We're a community club. So get involved. Uh, yeah, and uh, finally. We're going to have a quick chat about the semi-final, although we already kind of have covered it a wee bit, Aaron. So, uh, what's the score prediction going to be? <laughs> what's the score going to be, man? Worst question that you can ask someone is, what's the score going to be? Like, I don't know, 2-0? <laughs> one, one all, maybe? <laughs> Just pick one of five potential options right. at, at random, almost. So, terrible question. It's like that Mitchell web sketch. Yeah, okay, what, the football, football yeah. <laughs> what's the football? It's going to move! <laughs> The clash of the North Coast. <laughs> As Sunderland take on Hull. <laughs> the great sketch. Uh, but yes, it's the clash of the East Coast as Aberdeen take on Leith Edinburgh. Hibernian. At Hamden Park. Um, I've already said it. I think Aberdeen will lose. I'm not really that up for this game, to be honest. I will be at the time, but it's tough right now. I've been a lot more up for other semi-finals in the past. Uh, I'm just looking forward to a good day out, seeing the boys, seeing the boys and having a bevy, man. <laughs> just looking forward to all that stuff. Uh, we'll maybe link up and do some tour content on the day, Aaron. Oh, I will be. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. link up potentially what scores we'll see Get after Brun Dog's corner. Aye. I'm feeling a bit optimistic. Is Gav going? Gav's going. Is he? Gav's going. Well, Andy's going. The Brun Cats. Aye. The Brun, the Brun Cats are out like. <laughs> Um, but I'm feeling quietly optimistic for confident Hibs. but uh, confidence never ever a word to utilise with Hibs no. going into a semi-final at Hamden and you know Aberdeen need a result so it's like the, the perfect game for them to do it Hibs are almost the favourites probably going into it I imagine they will be 
um, which is never good, and that usually <laughs> yeah. serves Aberdeen well. Um, we always as do. you've mentioned, but yeah. I also feel I agree with what you're saying in terms of I think this is the game to just finally get Robson to fuck. Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. it's the game that there's just no hope for him anymore. After losing that game, he's done. I and think I we, think that's the I game. I think we almost definitely lose. Um, I can't really see a way of winning this game. Although I did feel the same about the Rangers semi-final that we famously won a few years ago. But I was super up for that. So was everyone. The whole fan base was right up for that game. Um, the whole fan base is going to be really deflated into going into this game, especially if we lose at Fir Park tomorrow, which is probably going to be the case. We've never, ever taken well to Fir Park. No matter what the Motherwell side is like at the time, we just never, ever yeah. win at Fir Park. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a really strange old game of football. I'm obviously looking forward to the day out and um, a chance of silverware, obviously, for, for the winner. A massive chance of silverware. So it is a huge, huge it's game. It's a massive game. It, and a it, massive shouldn't be, game. it shouldn't be under... At the end of the day, you've got the chance of playing Hibs to get into a final. You would have bit your hand oh, off yeah, for that yeah, at the start yeah, yeah. of the season. And exactly, Hibs are completely there for the taking as well. Um, you can frustrate Hibs and sit in and nick a goal easily off Hibs. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Hibs have got a lot of firepower and you'll be uh, going toe to toe with the Dons. Stuffy, stuffy game. I think it's, it's not going to be, be a, many goals. I was going to say it's going to be a horrendous it's gonna game. It's going to be a football. 1 0. It's going to be a 1 all going in extra time. Yeah. It's going to be, I can't see a, a deluge of goals in this game no. at all. Um, so, I mean, like you said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of glory at stake. Uh, right now, it feels a bit like distant or you're feeling a bit deflated and stuff because we've still got a game to play before then. But I can tell you when that. Um, that kickoff whistle goes. I will not be feeling like this. I'll be going absolutely tits in the oh. Aberdeen end. You'll be staring at that red wall with so much rage when you see it absolutely bounce. <laughs> one, one nil dons five oh. minutes in. Yeah. I've been there before and seen one nil dons after two minutes. Adam uh, Rooney nipping yeah. onto the. I was at like ten seconds. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was a insane. horrible day. And then we're all ashamed. Ah, it was really deafening to that be fair. Be epic, and then there was yeah. the deflected goal at the end. <laughs> oh yeah, Johnny Hayes deflected goal. I believe Aberdeen legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cameron wow. Christie, you know that. <laughs> Aberdeen legend. But here, a here's a shout for you, Mikey. I think okay. it's going to be a Edinburgh derby final. Oh, okay. I think a repeat. I think it's going to be an Edinburgh derby final. I think Hibs are going to probably somehow just edge it past the Dons right, and okay, I can yeah. see Hearts just getting one over Rangers getting a big I've got famous a feeling. Jambo victory uh, I think we'll so. get the jolly Jambo on I for think Naismith's going to have them right up for it after the game at the weekend yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's it was glad. close they, they have their number a little bit so you're right Aaron that'll be that'll be going on my act actually uh, 20 quid on Hearts get it on <laughs> uh, get it on boys um, speaking of putting money on certain things ooh we gamble Yes, we have our naps, our NAPs of the week, uh, NAPS, which I still don't know what stands for, but I know it means a bet that's certain to come in. Yeah, of some kind. Um, nap of the week. Um, I tell you mine, Aaron, and if you have yours at the ready, I've got mine at the ready. Lovely stuff. Mine is Sterling Albion to take Aloha to the sword at Fourth Bank in a little Sterlingshire, Falkirkshire. Central Clackmanninshire Derby, uh, Central Scotland Derby. One thing I do know from being friends with an Aloha supporter in uh, college, <laughs> who was called Aloha actually, his <laughs> name was Aloha, and he was also from Aloha. So wow, quite a coincidence. Um, he he hated Sterling more than anyone. That was his most hated. Who else team. can they really hate? Falkirk. Aye. They kind of have a bit of jab with Falkirk, but mm. it's really about Aloha Sterling in that part of the world. Um, 
Sterling have kind of been a bit cold recently. Their early season form was so hot that they're maybe just kind of plateaued out and they've they've kind of found their more regular form and it's led to some slightly questionable results in League yeah. One. And it's dropped them down out of the title race. Matt, they're, they're totally out of the title race now, but it's going to be a case of whether they can get into the playoffs. And I think this big occasion in central Scotland is the perfect occasion for the Dale Bros uh, to step back up and do what they were doing in the first uh, two months of the year. Aye. Dale Carrick, uh, Dale Hilson, get on it, lads. Uh, I'm locking it up. Boom. <laughs> That's Aloha going in the Aka for me this week. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to lock in, nice and simple, Dundee United to be Inverness. Fuck off. <laughs> so easy. Right. I tell you what, I no, in fact, not easy. Because I observed that game and I was like, I am not. Ton- I am never going against Big Dunk. Nah, I'm going do against Do not him. back against Big Dunk, whatever you Good do. Goodwin's putting Big Dunk in his place. <laughs> Sir Alex will be crying. Killian Sheridan, last minute winner, man. <laughs> Honestly. I would love that. I've, I've, Big Dunk has got Inverness moving again. Aye. I think that, I don't know, this is, this is like his first major, major test. Like the first game where he's going in is total. There's no way you should be winning yeah. this game given the circumstances. Uh, I don't know when Big Duck's uh, Big Duck <laughs> when Big Dunk's got his backs to the wall then whew, you better watch out uh-huh. you know what he's like uh, rough rough <laughs> fuck yeah. Big Dunk uh, oh, Big Dunk is my guy Like, nah. you better get ready to hear a whole lot more praise I like him. Big Dunk as well to be fair but you need to not like him because he's my guy nah. stay away Jim Goodwin's mine oh. I'll let you stay at mine <laughs> oh, Jim Goodwin <laughs> should win should win at the weekend um, but you're never back against Big Duck that is one of my that's kind of one of my sayings I actually made that saying up so yeah back off basically um, <laughs> Sterling is mine and um, Aaron is Dundee United we have to come up with a forfeit uh, a third forfeit uh, at some point I think maybe we'll do it once the well, loss has occurred well I, I think maybe next week we'll announce a forfeit because we're we might, going to yeah we're yeah. going to be going to a certain destination yeah um, on the 11th of November we are going to Linton Hotspur correct and we're very much looking forward to that it's going I to be a fun day out I am absolutely buzzing he'll be there Donald will be coming along two weekends uh, <laughs> we've got Gordon Ar- we've got the Gordon Arms Aye, the Gordon Arms. Gordon Arms. The West Linden team. Yeah, yeah, We're, we're yeah, hiking yeah. first to it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go via the Pentlands to get to West Linden, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm there with Bells on. So yeah. they are the newest team in the Scottish League system. Nice. Yeah. Um, nice. Linton Hotspur uh, playing at Home Park, I think it's called, or New Home Park. Mm. Fantastic looking little ground. I'm actually quite annoyed that I've seen a photo of it because I Same. like seeing these things for the first time it in the looks flesh. Really good. It looks so good. I didn't expect them to have a stand, but they've got a wee stand. I'm trying to avoid all um, Linton Hotspur content that I can because that will be a really, uh, a really fascinating. These are the ones that me and Aaron uh, love get up for these doing ones, so much. Um, you get to you get to the real heart of the community this way. Who you know, but pre-match Gurdon Arms. There will be one boy with a West Linton or a Linton Hotspur scarf on in the in the Gurdon Arms pre-match. So Can't yeah, wait to be buzzing in there for at that. Um, if you recognise us and if you're at the Linton Hotspur game, come say hello. Yeah, we don't bite, despite what you may have heard. <laughs> <laughs> a scratch though. <laughs> uh, great stuff, lads. Well, that's pretty much going to do it for this week's episode. 
the Halloween special, which was special for about 30 seconds at the start of the show when I had to do a stupid wee Halloween voice. Forced me into that. <laughs> <laughs> Did it all myself. Uh, Aaron, any closing thoughts on this week's podcast? Uh, closing thoughts. Hibs to beat Aberdeen. Score prediction. <laughs> 1-0 oh he's done it he's done it 7-2 yeah, yeah, 3-1 <laughs> Donald hits us with a 3-1 to an unspecified team yeah, yeah. could be <laughs> either of them keep, keep it open yeah yeah <laughs> class well uh, Viva the Dons hopefully um, Barry Robson will be no more is my thoughts eventually mm. maybe maybe even um, in time for the semi-final you never know if we get bobbied at Fur Park tomorrow. Um, that might just happen. So, yeah, it will be a thrilling game either way. Aaron, I will see you in Glasgow. Donald, I will see you when I next see you. See you in hell. See you in hell, motherfuckers. All aboard the tour!